Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Church Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people take their next step to move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridgechristian.com. We pray that your life is transformed through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our executive pastor, Craig Portwood. I hold in my hands something which, for most of you, can probably be interpreted one of two different ways. This wooden spoon. For some of you, it's just a cooking utensil, right? You're stirring up the pot, you serve things with it. For others of you, this has caused some serious trauma and some flashbacks to childhood. In fact, I warned my three daughters. I said, listen, I'm going to cause you a little bit of trauma when I get on stage because I'm going to bust out the wooden spoon. And, and while this may look like the common name, woman, the wooden spoon, what it's really known as is an attitude adjuster because that's what it's helpful for doing, a little swat here and a little swat there. Now, I'll be honest with you. I didn't grow up with a wooden spoon attitude adjuster. I grew up with a switch. Anybody else have to go get a switch and had to get your own switch off the tree? Anybody else have to do that one? And then you make the mistake that one day, you're like, well, I'm going to pick me a little light switch. Um, and then mama came back with a branch because that was not okay. Yet sometimes we have to have our attitude adjusted. Sometimes it takes a little pop on the bottom to make that happen when we're children. Thank goodness we kind of grow out of that, at least I hope so. But it really kind of speaks to the idea that we've got to make some adjustments in our life. That we're in this series, Life is Adjustable, and talking about the fact that sometimes we find ourselves walking down a pathway, and the pathway's not taking us where we thought it might go. Maybe we're not finding a fulfillment of our purpose in life. We're certainly not living at peace in our relationships with people, that things are very uneven and kind of throwing us all around, and that there is a way we can make some adjustments to kind of get back to the path that God wanted us to be on. And Mike kicked us off last week talking about that foundational piece of this, that idea of adjusting our priorities. Priority. Now, we have a lot of other little priorities that flow around that, but the priority in our life, the foundation in our life, is our relationship with God. And that when that is the focus, then everything else starts to spill off that the right way. But we're going to spend some time in the next several weeks talking about some of those other things that we adjust after we've made that priority, number one. And the first one of that being attitude. And you may have had somebody tell you before, you just need to adjust your attitude. You need to get a better attitude. I mean, you may have said that to somebody, you better watch your attitude. And it's amazing what happens when people do change their attitude. I've seen it happen just in parenting, right? That maybe one of my kids will change their attitude or I'll change my attitude and all of a sudden things start to get better. I've seen it working in the classroom as students change their attitude and they approach things with a fresh energy and all of a sudden they're successful and they feel confident and they're starting to see things happen. I've worked with athletes for a number of years and watching athletes who change their attitude and then they get a right perspective and now they're using their gifts, they're part of a team, things are exploding. And even just the general dynamic of our relationships. And to me, that's really kind of the core of who we are, right, is how we relate to people. Those relationships are so important to us because we're relatable people. And I think what we're going to do is look at a pathway today of finding the right attitude and see how it changes things around us. We're going to look at the idea of there's a tension in our lives. There's this tension that has become too great to ignore. Because when that tension becomes too great to ignore, then we actually change something. You won't change anything before then. In fact, I, I've, I've used this phrase before. You have to reach your I-H-H-E moment. I have had enough. And when you reach your I-H-H-E moment, then you're ready to change. 
then you're ready to do something completely different. Because the truth is, when we talk about our attitude, we can't always change our circumstances. Right? We can't always change the things that are happening around us. We can't always change the barriers we're facing, the obstacles we're trying to overcome. You certainly can't change anything in your past that you feel is pulling you back. But we can change our attitude about it. And then watch how as that attitude starts to evolve, that attitude starts to become more Christ-like, that everything around us changes. And that's really kind of the focus as we're looking at a passage in Ephesians chapter 4 today written by a guy named Paul. And Paul is going to show us in Ephesians 4 that it's a Christ-like attitude that strengthens our relationships. It's a Christ-like attitude that strengthens our relationships. And when we talk about what those relationships are, I think we can put them in three broad categories. One is our relationship with God. That if we're taking a Christ-like attitude, we're trying to focus on being more like him, we're in tune with who God is, then our relationship with him is improved. Believe it or not, sometimes we need to improve just the relationship we have with ourselves. Sometimes I'm in a fight with myself sometimes. You know what I'm saying? I'm struggling with me. But when we're following the pathway of Christ, then God works in that on us. But then he also works in our relationship with other people. And that's that expanding dynamic of what it means to follow in the pathway of Christ. Well, Paul talks about that in Ephesians 4, but I want you to hear this about Paul. And he says this in verse 17. He says, I insist in the Lord that you hear this. So Paul is making a very direct, very clear point. I want you to hear that your attitude needs to be made different. But Paul isn't telling us that as some guy who's like off in the distance and sitting back scolding us. Y'all need to get your stuff together because you're a mess. Paul's telling us this as a guy who had to have his own attitude attitude adjusted. He's speaking from experience. Paul's past experience was the guy who hated the church. He's a guy that was not a fan of Christianity, was doing everything he could to persecute until he had his big come to Jesus attitude adjustment moment and transformed his life, changed things around. So when Paul is telling us, listen, you got to be made new in your attitude, he's telling us as a guy who's gone through this process himself. So he speaks from experience, which hopefully means we see that he's walking alongside of us, not yelling at us from in front. But Ephesians 4, we're going to see what Paul means for us as we keep walking in this. In the beginning of chapter 4, Paul talks a lot about the unity of the church. He talks about maturity and growth. He's trying to paint a picture of, listen, when when you're choosing to follow Christ and you're growing in this, you grow closer together in the dynamics of your relationships. And then in verses 17 to 19, Paul talks about kind of the way things used to be. He says, listen, if you've chosen to follow Christ, there's a way of life that you used to live. And that you were darkened in your understanding and you were separated from God. You may feel that there was no purpose to your life. You were really struggling with this. And I'm going to say this. If, if that's kind of where you're at today, you're, you feel like you're separated from God and you haven't really gained an understanding of who he is, know that God's grace is available to start today, right in this moment. Right? You could begin this journey of hope. And I pray that you'd find some of that in this passage that Paul shares with us. But as he tells us to avoid those things, he then jumps into verse 20, which is where we're going to start today. And he says this. That, that previous way of life, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And here's our key verse. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. Let me read that again. To be made new in the attitude of your minds and... To put on the new self created to be like God 
in true righteousness and holiness. See, Paul tries to give us some fairly explicit direction on this. He's saying, listen, you know this old way of life. That's not the way you're supposed to follow. Instead, choose to walk in this way. Because really, if we want that new attitude, it's got to be a choice. And we've got to choose daily to follow Christ's example. This isn't just a, I made the decision when I was 12 at summer camp and that's good enough. No, this is a daily decision that we make to keep walking on this pathway of God. Because it's really only the, the, the source of lasting adjustment is found in Jesus only. But he gives us some pretty specific instructions, doesn't he? Starting here in verse 22. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off. Now, you notice it doesn't say fall off, right? Not like those old ways just kind of fell off on their own. You're like, oh, look, all my old ways are gone. How'd that happen? I don't know where they went. No, you make that active choice on your own part to put those things off. From a church perspective, a biblical term might be the word repentance, that you recognize, hey, I was walking this way. I don't want to walk that way anymore. It's not healthy for me. It's not good for my relationships. It's not keeping me close to Christ. So I'm going to set that aside and go the other direction. But then Paul pairs that with verse 24, and he says, listen, and put on the new self. So, so put off the old, put on the new. So you see that there's an equation that matches up here, right? It's not just about eliminating some other things. It's about adding on the new things that God wants us to add on. But again, in put on, this is a verb right here. There's some action required on our part that this has to be an active decision. It's not passive. Let's be honest, sometimes the old ways just get comfortable, right? We're used to those. I, I mean, I remember saying foolishly, I might add, very foolishly, that's just the way I am and I'm not going to change. Yeah, how's that work out for me? <laughs> not well. Damaged a few relationships along the way. People thought, that guy's a jerk, man. No, we've got to say, listen, I recognize something's got to happen, even if it is comfortable, even if this is an attitude I'm used to carrying, if it's not the right one, then i got to set that aside. Kind of made me think about this old hat I had. I'm, I'm a big New York Mets fan. Hold your applause. Or your booze, whichever. Yeah, uh, I'm a big New York Mets fan. Have been my whole life. I'm a, I've always followed them. We're not very good. I know that. That makes me a real fan. But this hat right here was my favorite New York Mets hat. I bought it at a spring training game down in Port St. Lucie, Florida, I don't know, 20 years ago. And I loved that thing. And I looked all over trying to get a second one. They just didn't make them anymore. And I wore the junk out of that hat. It was my running hat, my beach hat, my mowing hat, my traveling hat. I loved that thing. And it conformed to the shape of my head. You can just set it on the table and like Craig's head fits perfectly in that. Just sat right there. And after a while, you couldn't wash it, right? Because I was afraid it would fall apart if I washed it. And my wife was like, I'm not touching that hat. That hat is nasty. I don't, it feels dirty. I'm not, I was like, this is my favorite hat. She's like, and I'm not touching your head till you shampoo it after wearing the hat because this is ugly. So I finally reached the point two years ago, I got holes all in it, stuff falling apart. I made the hard decision. As much as I was comfortable in that hat, as much as I was used to that hat, I threw it away and I bought a new hat. It didn't look quite the same, but it was new. And I put that new one on. And see, that's that same spiritual principle for us, that sometimes it's comfortable. We've had it a long time. We're used to its fit on us. That doesn't always mean it's the best for us. And that sometimes we've got to make the hard decision to throw it away and start with something new. Start with something fresh, powered by God. It's about recognizing that there's a higher calling for us, a better target for us. And we can't, again, just do this once. We've got to do it every day. 
Paul wrote some other words in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to the church in Corinth. And he says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, which physically we are, right? Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. That this becomes a day-by-day focus for us. If I will start with a new attitude, I will consciously choose daily to follow the example of Christ. And, and I just you may just try something simple. I, I do this when I get up in the morning, not because it makes me holy, just because I figured I need this kind of help. When that alarm goes off and I hit it right away, some of you are snoozers, wait till after the seventh snooze button, and that's fine. But I lay in my bed as my eyes open to say, all right, Lord, make me new in the attitude of my mind today. This has got to be a day focused on you. And then I get up and my feet hit the floor. That took about seven seconds. But do you know what I was doing in those seven seconds? I was praying. I was talking to God. And I was committing my life to following his pathway. Doesn't mean I did it all day long. But it meant that my mindset was there as my feet were hitting the floor. And there are some things that you can then do throughout the day. That man, we, we provide resources to you trying to help you get into God's word, kind of open it up and figure out what it means as it reveals the character of God and the pathway he's calling us to follow on. We encourage you to pray. In fact, right now we're in the middle of 21 days of prayer, asking the church to come together and pray on some things. And, and if you're just jumping in, you haven't started yet, then jump in. Just start right with us here. We've got books available for the 21 days of prayer at the Welcome Centers. Pick them up on the way out. And each day that gives you a chance to choose. No, today I will follow the path of Christ. Today, I will follow his example and care for people around me. And as we do that, as we're growing closer to him, we'll discover that our attitude towards God has changed. And as our attitude towards God has changed, our attitude towards other people starts to change too. Because this isn't just about some internal commitment. Paul lays some other things out for us here in the verses that follow. And he's like, listen, you've got to realize your attitude shapes your words and actions. The attitude you have shapes your words and actions. Because let's be honest, it's usually the words that we speak or the actions we commit that cause people to say, you need to adjust your attitude. Paul gives some pretty specific examples starting in verse 25. He goes, listen, therefore, because you've made that decision, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. We're going to jump over verse 30, because we're going to come back to that in a minute. But in verse 31, Paul continues, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. See, let's just set this aside. Let's say you haven't yet fully decided to follow the pathway of Christ. Just still taking those verses and putting those principles into play is going to create a better life for you. It's going to improve your relationships. But this is really about a reflection of some internal change coming forth. Because it's, it's that internal change that happens that's then reflected in external. Right? We, anything that's happening internally on us is going to be reflected externally. That's where the things finally start to change. It's not just about an attitude within us that changes. It's that attitude then spilling over to show a difference in the way that we treat the people around us. The words that we speak. The actions that we take part in. And that's why Paul's given us that example. Because see, God has a bigger picture in mind. Yes, God does not have his big objective on his whiteboard in heaven to be that we, the church, would be nice people. You tell me God doesn't want us to be nice. That's not what I said. What I said was that's not God's main objective. Because you can be nice and pretend to be nice on the outside and never really have any life change. 
But what God is trying to do is he's trying to shape who we are overall. I shared about a month ago in one of our sermons that, that you start with this idea of attitude within us. And that attitude, as it's transformed, then starts to transform the way that you think. And then the way that you think, as it is transformed, starts to transform the way that you speak. And then as your language is changed, the way that you talk about people and talk to people is changed, it changes the way that you act. And as your actions are changed, then your habits are changed. And as your habits are changed, your character becomes something brand new. See, God's not into a list of do's and don'ts. He's not trying to check it off and go, well, they spoke nice, they encouraged, they didn't do this. God's about our transformation. He wants us to be changed from the inside out. In fact, if we look at this passage in Ephesians verses 23 to 24 from a paraphrase of the message by Eugene Peterson, it says this, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. See, this is what it means to be made new in the attitude of your mind is God is doing these things inside and he's working his way into your conduct as he is the one that reproduces his character in you. That's the path of Christ-likeness. That's the direction we want to find ourselves moving. And that change in attitude will lead to us choosing a different way of life. And that's why these things that Paul shares here, these are common stumbling blocks for us, aren't they? These are common stumbling blocks, things that we struggle with. So I think it's important that we do take heed to what Paul's saying. Then number one, we learn to speak truthfully. we got to tell the truth. Now, please don't misconstrue that because sometimes you're like, oh, I'm about to tell the truth. I mean it in love. But let me, I'm coming right up to your face and I'm telling you the truth. That's not the kind of truth Paul's talking about. He's saying, listen, you got to start telling the truth about who you are. Like, are you calling me a liar? Aren't we all just a little bit? That's, that's uncomfortable to admit. But don't we kind of embellish a story a little bit? Or maybe we'll, we'll tell it in a way that puts us in a better light and puts somebody else in a worse light. Maybe it's even something as simple as somebody saying, hey, how are you? today?" go, I'm fine, thanks. When you're not fine, you're miserable. But you're not being truthful. You're not being honest in that. Paul says, listen, that's, that's not the attitude of Christ. Paul also tells us to not be controlled by our anger. Do you notice that in this text, Paul didn't say, don't get angry. I think there are times as followers of Christ, as the church, we need to get angry. I think we need to get angry when we see injustice. We need to be angry when we see discrimination. We need to be angry when we see marginalization and the diminishment of other people, neglecting who they are as God's people. And when that happens, I think the church is supposed to take a stand. I think the church is supposed to stand alongside those that are being diminished, those that are being ridiculed, those that are being discriminated against, that we have to be able to represent the love of Christ, the compassion, the grace of Christ. And we've got to be willing to take that, even that stand, even if it's unpopular. And sometimes it will be. But it doesn't tell us to respond in anger. Because if you're angry because somebody's diminishing someone, diminishing the diminisher has now created a compound sin issue. We're not working down the pathway of Christ. Now we're just retaliating. And God has said, no, be angry, but don't sin in your anger. Instead, follow what I've done. Peace, grace, compassion, love. And in that, Paul tells us in this that we're supposed to freely forgive. We're probably okay to let get to that part, right? Forgiveness is hard. But as Paul writes to us, he goes, listen, you've got to forgive just as God forgave you in Christ Jesus. And I, and I think our perspective on that has to be a little different. We're like, all right, I've got to forgive because God forgave me and he told me I've got to, so I forgive you. 
I, I think it's about recognizing the beautiful gift that forgiveness is for us. Step, stepping into that warm embrace of forgiveness from a father who says, listen, I know everything you've done and thought and said, and I, I love you anyway. And I'm wiping all that aside because I care about you. And I think when we recognize the greatness of that gift from God, then we want to share that with other people. That's the Christ-like attitude. Paul also tells us in this that we've got to be ready to do good. Right? He says, listen, don't steal. You're like, well, I'm not really a thief. There are a whole lot of different ways you could run with that one. But he says, listen, work hard and be ready to do good for people when they need it. Be ready to provide for people around you, to look for those opportunities to do good things. And then last, and especially in verse 29, he talks about the idea of being an encourager. He says that you should encourage people. Don't use unwholesome talk. Don't talk behind people's back. Don't use things to break them down, but instead lift them up. So I'm going to ask you, are, are you an encourager? Are you an encourager to your family? Do, do you speak positive words of encouragement whenever you get the opportunity to do so, to, to lift up the people that you love? Are, are you an encourager to your friends, that circle of people around you that you spend most of your time with? How about at your job? Are you an encourager? Do you encourage other people where you work to look for opportunities to lift them up instead of break them down, to support them and encourage them and allow them to grow in their relationship with Christ? Yeah, you know, I, I read a long time ago just about, basically it was, they called it two descriptions of people in life. It said one are people who are fountains and they give water. You know, and I love a fountain. There's something soothing about water and a fountain and, and water is life-giving and it's refreshing and it's encouraging and you want to be around it. And he says, and there are people that are like that in life. And then there are people that are drains. And all they do is take the water away. And when you get near them, they run your fountain dry. Now, and I, I don't share those two examples with you, so that you sit around and go, mm-hmm, fountain, drain, 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 fountain, fountain, drain, drain. I, I did it from my own perspective so that I could look at my life and say, okay, I want to be a fountain. It's not about me identifying other people. In this, in this practice of a Christ-like attitude and wanting my relationships to be stronger, it's about me choosing to be a fountain. Me allowing Christ to impact my life so I do these things right here. I walk in this pathway of becoming more like him. But let's be honest. As much as we may want to walk this pathway, as much as we may want to be this person, we can't do it on our own. Because if we could figure this out based on our willpower and our discipline, you would have received one whooping in your life, and that would have been it. You'd have gotten one and be like, well, I'm never doing that again. I'm going to walk the pathway. And if that's you, you get to give your testimony next week because I can't wait to hear that story. But we know that's not true, right, that we need constant help in this. And it's our desire matched with God's ability, our desire matched with God's power that allows us to walk down this pathway. So if we really want to model that idea of Christ-like attitude and see our relationship strengthen, we've got to embrace adjustments from the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is this gift from God ready to help guide us on this pathway. Back to verse 30, the one that we skipped reading a little while ago, Paul writes and says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He's giving us some great future promises, right? He's like, listen, the Holy Spirit is this gift as you follow the pathway of God, that he's leading you in this direction. He's sealed you for the day of redemption. You belong to him, but don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean to make the Holy Spirit mad or angry? No, the word there actually means grief and sorrow. But I, I want you to understand this. We're talking about that idea of grief and sorrow. It's not about disappointment. Okay, I, I don't want you to sit and go, well, God must be disappointed in me and my life choices. Because he's not. You know why? Because you can't surprise God. 
And in the idea of disappointment, there's an idea of surprise, of I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming. God sees it all coming. His grief and sorrow is because he knows that his way is a better way of life. He knows that his walk, his pathway for us is better than what we have planned for us. And when we step off of that, he hurts for us. So that's why there's that call to don't grieve, but instead accept those adjustments. Don't ignore the influence and guidance from God. Because if we're listening to God, we'll be changing all the time. If you're still drawing breath, God is still working in you. He's still working through you. The truth is that sometimes we're the ones that get off course. Even though you may think this is where I'm going and I'm all out and I'm all over it. Here we go, man. After a while, we drift. It's kind of like the old ships at sea, right? If you had a ship in the 1800s leaving from Great Britain and heading over to New York City, they might say, all right, New York's that way. We're heading west from Great Britain. Off we go. Now, are the odds that they're going to land right in New York City? Not without some careful measurements and adjustments along the way. So they use a device nautically called a sextant. And in that sextant, you would look at this celestial body up above. You're looking at the moon or a star, some fixed point for you. And that's what you use as your guiding compass. And then you're looking ahead at the horizon to see where you're going. Saying, all right, this I know is fixed. This is where I'm going. Let's make sure we're on the right path. And when you discovered you were off that path, then you had to make the adjustments to get back on the right path. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. God says, fix your eyes on me. I will look up. Fix your eyes on me, and then I'm going to bring you back into line with where you're going, but you've got to be ready to receive that. It's not just about putting off the old, remember? It's putting on the new, and putting on the new is a process where the Holy Spirit guides us and blesses us in that. We're actually providing something for you, trying to help in that, because I recognize that in life, we all get off course sometimes, and that there are these barriers to our growth in Christ. So we are starting something brand new called The Well, and it will start on Wednesday night, September the 6th. It will meet from 6 to 7.30. It's just for nine weeks. But it's these short-term opportunities with men's groups and ladies' groups to get a chance to overcome some of those barriers, to, to gain some tangible, practical things through the guidance of the Holy Spirit as God takes us through this journey together to figure out how to get back on track with the path that God has for us. And in that, learning to love God more deeply, love other people in our life, and this is a big part of healing, learning to maybe love ourselves again. I'm encouraging you to jump in on that, to let the Holy Spirit work through something very tangible like that. We're actually asking if you want to be part of that, you need to sign up because we're going to keep this very limited for our group size. So there's a table right out here in the cafe, and we get done in just another minute or two. We just encourage you to step out there and sign up for that and be part of that. Let God's Holy Spirit make some adjustments in your life and embrace those things. Let God guide you through that process of shaping you into who you, he wants you to be. Because really, it kind of goes back to that passage we looked at, Ephesians 4, 23 and 24 from the message. What is God doing in us? He is accurately reproducing his character in you. So what now? I mean, you've heard through Paul's words, through the, hopefully the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, some things about that adjustment of attitude. So let me ask you this. How can you adjust your attitude this week? How, how can you adjust your attitude this week? What can you do differently? Is, is it about a daily commitment? Maybe it's that affirmation of, you know what, I'm going to start every day. Father, make me new in the attitude of my mind as I choose to follow you. Maybe it's working through some of those very practical action steps that Paul gave us. Maybe you need to, to go forgive somebody. 
Maybe you need to, to ask for forgiveness for sometimes you've sinned in anger. Maybe you need to start speaking encouraging words to people around you, taking some action in those things that Paul gave us as some guidance. And maybe it's about just embracing that adjustment from the Holy Spirit, that you felt God leading you towards something. Maybe it's a, a first-time decision to follow Christ and knowing that you want to follow through in baptism, and we can help you be part of that today. Maybe it's God guiding you to, to maybe reestablish a relationship and find some, some reconciliation in something. Or maybe it's him guiding you to take a step out in faith. But I, I want to steer you back to my good friend Lee McLemore from Southside Tire who talked about aligning your wheels. And so often when our wheels are out of alignment, we may not even recognize it when we're riding in the car all the time. But over a period of time, it's going to cause some bad things to happen in your vehicle. Some of those can be catastrophic. And sometimes it takes somebody from the outside saying, hey, you know, this, this isn't operating just right. You ever thought about making some adjustments? And I, and I think that our attitude adjustment is kind of like getting those wheels aligned. If we can get those moving in the right direction in that pathway that God has for us, we're going to find our relationships with him and ourselves and others strengthened. And if you need to do something about that today, to need somebody to pray with you to help guide you through this, to, to make a decision for baptism, we're going to give you a chance to do that as we stand and sing right now. Thanks for listening to this message. If you'd like to find out more about Northridge, visit our website at northridgechristian.com. If you'd like to stay connected throughout the week, download our ChurchLink app today for your iOS or Android device.